This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Jimmy Ott and Matt Humans of VEASAN talking some college football here on Sports Better's Paradise. Uh, Matt, what'd you think of uh, last week? I mean, all of a sudden, uh, competitive balance in college football is usually lacking. And all of a sudden, the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament broke out on Saturday. Yeah. How about that? The Sunbelt Conference, the uprising in the Sunbelt, uh, you take down. Texas A&M, Notre Dame, and Nebraska on the same day. You know what's crazy? Uh, I prefer college football to the NFL because it's um, college football Saturdays can be crazy, Jimmy. And when you get – you can get multiple 17, 20-point underdogs win on a Saturday. In the NFL, when you have a seven-point dog win, that's a major upset. And uh, that's why the NFL lines are just so much tighter, and I think uh, college football is better to bet more enjoyable to watch. But that said, I had a bad Saturday and I had a great Sunday. So right now I like the NFL a little bit better to bet. <laughs> Hopefully we get back on track. Hopefully we get back on track with college football uh, yeah. this week. I'm a college guy at heart, but uh, you, you got to love that uh, that early session coming down the stretch uh, in the NFL on Sunday. As far as Saturday and Sunday in, in football, it's, it's as good as I can remember because, uh, Matt, this is not a – you know, when – you see the SEC programs and the resources and the budgets and the talent. I mean, listen, I mean, A&M, yes, their recruiting classes are not matching their wins on the field as of yet. Jimbo Fisher's salary is not matching the wins on the field as of yet. They have, they are spending, they're all in, NIL, everything else at A&M. They can't build any more facilities. They can't give them any more money. They had 55, uh, four or five stars. App State had one. But this is not this is not the three point line, you know, in basketball. This doesn't happen as often as I would like. And but man, it was just it was a lot of fun. And the, and the biggest one at Alabama, of course, they get away with a hold on the play of the game where Bryce Young goes to the right tackle. But um, yours doesn't get knocked out if everything else is playing equally. They're winning that game. I mean, they were the better team. And uh, Nick Saban's first true non conference road game since he's been to Tuscaloosa at Alabama this past weekend, and he almost lost. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point because in college football now, the the field is so tilted towards the uh, power programs with the NILs and resources and everything that uh, the Texas A&Ms and Alabamas of the world uh, can do in the Appalachian states, Georgia Southerns, and uh, teams like that cannot. Uh, Marshall, how about that? So, uh, But we're not seeing it really show up on the field because these – these lower level programs, very, very competitive. And, uh, you know, where's Notre Dame right now? Boy, 
talked about a program that's a little bit lost. They don't know what to do with conference affiliation. Um, I'm not sure what the NIL is going to uh, do for Notre Dame. And um, I think it's a very interesting thing. You could kind of do a uh, 30 for 30 or maybe like a five-part investigative series kind of exploring all the uh, aspects of what's going on in college football right now. But as far as handicapping it, Jimmy, it seems like nothing has changed, right? It's uh, you, you just mentioned it. Texas A&M has all the resources of the Dallas Cowboys. And they beat Sam Houston State 31-0 and get upset by Appalachian State. And Jimbo Fisher can't find a quarterback. So uh, you can have all the resources in the world if you don't have the quarterback and um, you don't have the uh, right plan on the field. It's, it's not going to matter. And I, I kind of feel like the A&M Aggies are lost in a sense that the Dallas Cowboys are too. Uh, so it's a, it's an interesting comparison there in the state of Texas. But I'm going to bet against A&M uh, this week. All right, let, let's get to that game. And uh, Miami, uh, after a much more competitive game, Southern Miss, one of those teams, they have 20 more uh, scholarships than they, they did a year ago. They're still trying to recover from some of the Fedora uh, sanctions over there. But – um, Miami and well, you want to talk about an advantage at quarterback of uh, Van Dyke. They pulled away from Southern Miss, but it was not without uh, without a, um, a battle. Now they go to College Station. A and M a little bit desperate here. In uh, A and M in that App State game, the one thing is they didn't out scheme them. They beat them at the line. They outrushed them by over a hundred yards uh, last week in the win at Kyle Field. Miami catching five at Kyle Field. Yeah, I took five and a half with the Hurricanes here. You, you mentioned that Tyler Van Dyke is a, a major advantage of quarterback for the Hurricanes. I was not really that impressed by the way Miami played last week, but I'm just going to handicap this. Some that you don't want to, I think, dwell too much on how a team played, played the previous week. and It might actually be a benefit that uh, Miami was not sharp, that uh, not very sharp last week, and will be a lot sharper this week, hopefully. Tyler Van Dyke, 74% completions. What I'm going to bet against here is A&M's offense getting back on track. Uh, you know, we just talked about Appalachian State. That The Mountaineers allowed 63 points to North Carolina the previous week. Last week, Texas A&M had nine first downs and 186 total yards. That's, that's sick. Uh, Haynes King is not going to be the answer at quarterback. I think that's pretty obvious. I'm a little bit concerned. I would have actually prefer Jimbo Fisher not make the switch a quarterback to Max Johnson uh, because I think he would be an improvement. Uh, A&M, 103rd in total offense, and that's with the benefit of that first game against Sam Houston. But this is not just a recent problem because A&M was 88th in passing offense last year. So Jimbo Fisher apparently has no answers for what's going wrong with his offense. Uh, before the season, I, I really didn't think, didn't expect I was going to be on Miami in this spot. Uh, but nobody really thought A&M's offense was going to look this bad. I'll take the points with the Hurricanes here. All right, uh, let's go to Nebraska and Oklahoma. Scott Frost is out. Mickey Joseph is in, former quarterback of Fort Nebraska. Speaking of Nebraska-Oklahoma, I was uh, in New Orleans when there was a big, big recruiting battle between Barry Switzer in Oklahoma and Tom Osborne in Nebraska for Mickey Joseph as a a blue-chip quarterback. Nebraska now moving on at home, plus 11.5. They lost that shootout against Georgia Southern and Helton's new uh, air raid offense that he has going on, breaking the uh, the wishbone from a long time, or at least a triple option for a while. Oklahoma seems to be going from Lincoln Riley, offensive guy, to Venables, defensive guy, and it's kind of seeing that on the field as well, Matt. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I want to talk about what I made the line in this game and what somebody else made the line and what Circus Sports opened the line. And you said right now Bet Rivers is at 11? Is that correct? 11 and a half. 11 and a half. Okay, so I made the line Oklahoma 11. And Circus Sports opened at 16. Nick Bogdanovich, former odds maker at William Hill, who's now at Circus Sports, but he's not making their college football numbers. He made the number Oklahoma 7. Uh, I like I the Cornhuskers in this spot for a lot of different reasons. One is obvious, the coaching change. A lot of times you get a big emotional bump uh, when you do make a uh, change like that, a coach. And I think, you know, the negativity surrounding Scott Frost had to impact uh, that team. And Mickey Joseph taking over, I think, is just like a breath of fresh air. It's going to be, uh, I think, a big boost psychologically to the Cornhuskers, if anything. But still, you know, that aspect aside, this Nebraska team is actually very talented. We talked about before the season with 44 new players, 20, 22 transfers, and Casey Thompson, the quarterback from Texas, who had 24 TD passes last year. Thompson's off to a slow start. He's got four TDs, three picks. He needs to play better. Uh, but Nebraska, the perception out there, Jimmy, is that Nebraska is kind of a um, – a joke, let's say that, last year and a half under Scott Frost for a lot of people. Well, they lose this game, they lose this game, but they don't lose games by a wide margin. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the Cornhuskers last year, they were 3-9. and nine. The largest margin of defeat was nine points at Ohio State. A lot of these losses that cost Scott Frost his job have been one-score losses. And uh, I really believe that Nebraska – the, the atmosphere is going to be off the hook, and uh, I think the Cornhuskers got a great shot to win this game. Uh, when Circa opened 16, I tried to grab that number. The line moved before I could even uh, pull the trigger. I got 14.5 on Nebraska. I'll still recommend, recommend this to 11.5. I think we got a decent shot for a, a straight-up win by the home dog here. If you look at the uh, Sooners so far, they played UTEP and Kent State. Not all that impressive. Last week against Kent State, the Sooners led 7-3. to three. At halftime, Golden Flash has actually had 11 first downs, and Oklahoma had seven. Now, you do have that explosive big play potential with Dylan Gabriel and Marvin Mims. Uh, you know, obviously, that's why Oklahoma's a double-digit favorite here. But I, I think it's a little bit of a, uh, a phony double-digit favorite. If you go back to last season, Oklahoma with a better team, Lincoln Riley uh, had, a, had a stronger team last year. Oklahoma was a 22 home – 22-point home favorite over the Huskers. The final, 23-16. to 16. Nebraska was right in that up until the final minutes of the fourth quarter. So I'm taking the points with the Huskers as home dogs. Yeah, Oklahoma got a pick in their uh, red zone, their own red zone, to keep uh, Nebraska from maybe tying it or yep. uh, attempting the two-point conversion to do it. No doubt uh, Scott Frost has been a punchline. And listen, Nebraska is not what they used to be, but damn it, they could be Iowa or Iowa State or somebody like that. Um, the last year and this year before he got uh, fired, um, all 12 of his losses are single digit. 11 of those 12 are one score losses. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. If, if Mickey Joseph doesn't cover here, we're going to be, we're going to petition to get, bring Scott Frost back for a double, <laughs> double digit dogs, right. Auburn and Penn state talking about quarterbacks. This is, well, this is nice though. High resource programs playing each other, non-conference on campus last year, Penn state hung on. Against Auburn, Bo Nix on fourth down threw the ball away for some reason. He's now in Eugene, so uh, Auburn still at quarterback. They're struggling a little bit uh, with uh, 
the LSU transfer. Um, one thing about it, Auburn brings their crowd. They will have a packed house as Penn State makes the trip to the Plains at Jordan-Hare. Penn State on the road, a three-point favorite. Penn State, pretty fortunate to get that cover on that primetime game against Purdue. Yeah, Penn State was really lucky to get that uh, cover, by the way. Probably should have lost the game 35-31 and playing three, three-and-a-half in that game. And Purdue had uh, the lead and a first down and uh, 2.35 left on the clock. He could not get the one more first down and needed to uh, run it out and win that game. Jeff Brom's going to uh, be regretting that for a long time because uh, Penn State should have lost that game. And I think we're going to look at a, a very similar scenario in this game because Auburn – even though it, uh, its offense has not been very impressive early, uh, like you said, uh, the home field advantage is going to show up here. And I just – I was not that impressed, Jimmy. I don't know about you. When I watched the Nittany Lions in that opener, Sean Clifford struggled. I thought he was going to play much better. He threw a pick six in that game. He did come up with the game-winning drive, which was gutsy on his part. It showed, uh, I think, his character as a veteran. But uh, aside from Joey Porter Jr., I don't see a lot of big-time playmakers on that Penn State defense like we usually see. And uh, I've I downgraded Penn State a little bit off what I've uh, seen here in the first couple games. I initially thought, this, hey, this could be the second-best team in the Big Ten behind um, Ohio State. Right now, I think Penn State's the third or fourth-best team in the Big Ten. And uh, Sean Clifford didn't play up to my expectations in that game at Purdue. I think uh, the Lions are going to struggle in this one. It's going to be uh, one of those typical, very similar to last year's game in Happy Valley. It was 28-20 Penn State. Lions were four-point favorites. They were lucky to win and cover that one. And uh, I think they'll, they're probably going to have to get lucky to win this one. I'm going to go with uh, the home dog here, plus three. And uh, even though there aren't too many reasons, I can't sit here and give you a litany of reasons why I like the Auburn Tigers in this game. But I think uh, – the, the dog's going to be live, and I'm, I'm kind of fading Penn State here. When I made my numbers, Jimmy, I made Auburn, let's see, in this game, I, lost, I made Auburn a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So I'll take the three with the home dog here. Uh, it, same thing. I think, you know, the, the, the home team, I think the, both of these teams are close again. Uh, Clifford's up and down. You know, and with so many starts, you would think you'd get a little bit more uh, consistency. But same same thing with quarterback uh, T.J. Finley. Uh, I think points might be a premium uh, in yeah. this one. So uh, take any type of points, uh, Auburn plus a three. BYU and Oregon. Bought BYU another one of it. It was late, but, it uh, you know, the BYU-Baylor BYU game and Fresno State, the Fresno State game um, – you know, those two games late at night closed out a really strong Saturday in college football. BYU in overtime, boy, all kinds of place-kicking issues, man. Just could not finish it, could not finish it. Short field goals, not even close. So they elect to go for two when they score. So Baylor's got the ball, first and goal from the five. They could not get in, and BYU holds on. The place was rocking uh, in Provo. Now they go to Eugene. How does Oregon get up off the mat uh, after getting destroyed? Uh, by Georgia in Atlanta. BYU road favorite here in Eugene, three and a half. Are you sure about that? Is it, um, uh, it, it's, I got the wrong favorite? Yeah, I think BYU is okay. a four-point dog. I was about to say, Matt. Okay, thanks for correcting me. All right. I was going to say, hey, uh, I'm going to take the plus four here in Vegas, and I'll take the plus four 
uh, with Oregon, take plus four with BYU and plus four with Oregon. How about that? Plus Should four with both teams. That, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> uh, I actually made BYU a one-point favorite in this game. Oregon opened three at Circus Sports. Been bet up a little bit before. Uh, I'm a, Jimmy, just like uh, I said before the Oregon-Georgia game, I am not going to bet on Bo Nix. And uh, obviously, he's going to look better in home games. He's going to look better against some Pac-12 defenses. But BYU, I think, has got a legitimate defense. And uh, 11 starters back from last season. If you watch that Baylor-BYU game on Saturday night, this is a physical Cougars team. And uh, this is one of the only games I got right last week. I ended up on uh, Texas plus 21 and BYU minus uh, two and a half and three. And I got lucky to get the cover with BYU. You and I both were very unlucky to get the loss to Fresno State. So it's kind of an even trade, whatever. Uh, BYU 19 starters back, one of the most experienced teams in college football. And Jaron Hall is a playmaker and a quarterback. And by the way, BYU won that game against Baylor without the Cougars' top two wide receivers. Uh, Gunnar Romney, Pakinakuo, both out in that game. The last report I read, I think after I talked to you last week, maybe on Wednesday, was that both were expected to play. So I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead with the BYU bet. I find out on Friday of last right. week, those guys are not going to play. And uh, I never was able to get out of the bet, but it turned out okay with BYU winning in overtime after its uh, kicker missed a couple chip shot uh, kicks with a chance to win the game. BYU wins by six. Uh, I think if you put BYU in the Pac-12, it's uh, it's right there with Utah in terms of uh, Utah and USC. Those would be the top three teams in the Pac-12. This BYU team's legit. I was talking about this with you last week on the Sports Better's Paradise. That I think BYU is a fringe top ten team and is being underrated by a lot of people. Uh, it's tough back-to-back games here. Uh, after that overtime game at home against Baylor, and then you have to go on the road to an Oregon team that's uh, the Ducks got their butts beat uh, by Georgia, and they're you know, looking to make uh, amends for that. But I'm sorry. Dan Lanning is still a very inexperienced head coach, and Bo Nix is not a bet on a quarterback. And I like this BYU team better. I'm taking the four points here. Dan Lanning gets no credit for their defense last year. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, my son could have coached that defense. I mean, they lost how many guys, and they still look like yeah. that on defense. I mean, it's 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 a little bit uh, easier to do that. And so, you know what's interesting, Jimmy, when you watch uh, Oregon in that season opener with Dan Lanning, a coach, and you watch the Georgia defense, you're like, okay. He had nothing to do with that great Georgia right. defense, or very little to do with it. But he, he lands a head coaching job because of it. Last night, uh, you watch the Broncos and the Seahawks, and Nathaniel Hackett's the head coach for the Broncos. He got that job because Aaron Rodgers, he was in Green Bay as offensive coordinator, and Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs. Do you think Rodgers won those two MVPs because of Hackett? Hell no. So why was he qualified to get that job? You know, a lot of times these assistants get jobs uh, based on the personnel they coached, and uh, they don't deserve the job. So we're going to find out what Dan Lanning is made of. I don't want to trash him. Obviously, uh, the Ducks ran into a buzzsaw because the Georgia Bulldogs right now look like the top team in the country. Well, uh, Matt, in our media days, you and I have gone through enough media guides to know, and it's always kind of tickled me when I look at it and I say, here's the bio 
oh, credited with developing this guy. Um, you know, um, <laughs> you know, like like Ozron. Ed Ozron will be the first to tell you. Look, no, it's those guys uh, credited with developing uh, Russell Maryland, Warren Sapp, Cortez Kennedy. No, no, you you're there because you got those guys. <laughs> show me a guy. Right. Show me a guy like Brian Kelly went to Notre Dame and said, "Oh, I won games with Ian Book. I won a lot of games with not an NFL caliber quarterback." So I've always found thought that was a little backwards. Uh, any final thoughts uh, on this week's card for college football? Yeah, two more. Uh, you just mentioned Brian Kelly. I kind of like LSU in this spot against Mississippi State. It's back-to-back road games for the Bulldogs. You know, they did. Uh, they beat me last week. I took the points with Arizona, but I thought that had a lot to do with Jaden Delora, the Wildcats quarterback, just playing a very poor performance. And, uh, yeah, I have to give the Mississippi State defense some credit for that, but Delora looked nothing like he did the previous week against San Diego State. He was bad. Uh, last Saturday night in Tucson. These back-to-back road games, and you're going to Baton to face uh, LSU, which is now a home dog. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I like uh, the Tigers as home dogs in that one. What about you? Uh, it's a tough one. Um, it's year one for Brian Kelly, and I think you're going to see Billy Napier is going to see the same thing with a similar uh, resource program uh, in the SEC in the transfer portal era. Um, when you make a coaching change, man, you're going to have some holes in your roster. Because when yeah. you fire that coach, they go. They, they are per, they are poaching, you know, the the best players you have, um, and so year three for uh, Mike Leach, he's he 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 just sacrificed early and brought this guy because he'd have him for a few years, and he's he's executing their offense and he reads the defense. He doesn't force anything. A lot of you know Arizona was waiting for him to force one down into coverage. He wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. So I, I really have a. LSU home field advantage, but Mississippi State right now is the better team, at least the more more trusted team, I guess you could say. There's a lot of wild cards for uh, LSU, and LSU's best unit, the defensive lineman Mason Smith out for the season with the ACL, is a huge blow, a huge blow. So I'm I'm yeah. kind of um, – it's a pass for me. Okay. I, I actually took LSU plus three on the opener at Circus Sports. Uh, just for a regular size bet, I thought three was a good number. And uh, now that it's below three, I'm not going to use it as an official play, but I did take three with the Tigers. Uh-huh. And also, uh, I took 14 with UTSA against Texas. I made the number uh, Texas 11, and Circus Sports opened 14. I'm not sure what Bet Rivers is at right now. What's Bet Rivers at? Like 12, 12 and a half? Um, I could look it up right now, but I'm on Texas San Antonio this week as well. Um, uh, that's where you are right now. Everybody applauding. Uh, Patterson gets it. It's down to 11 right now at Bet Rivers, and, and I still like it because um, emotional moral victory for the Texas Longhorns. That's where they are uh, with their program right, uh, right now <laughs> until they get Archman again, and they are going to. He will attract other big recruits. Well, they've had recruiting signings, uh, good, you know, strong classes before, but it's it's a little bit of an emotional letdown playing Texas San going from Bama to Texas San Antonio on on, on Fox, a primetime game, to just you know, kind of the playing at night. And I I like Texas San Antonio; they're way more excited to play. I don't know what the hell happened to their pass defense. I've never seen Army throw for three hundred yards and lose, but they did, um, and. But the Roadrunners are not that far off the Texas personnel uh, right now. And they have an advantage at quarterback. Big drop-off from Ewers. 
uh, to the other kid, and he got banged up uh, as well in that game. So not like Texas San Antonio, it's a big spot play for me as well. Yeah, situational handicap here. Look, look what how flat Notre Dame was after its big game at Ohio State. Yeah, uh, I think Longhorn's going to be flat, especially I think the first half might be a play you want to look at here too because UTSA, like you said, the talent uh, gap is not that wide. And uh, this is a really good Roadrunners team. Uh, if you watch that season opener, Houston and UTSA, that was one of the that was one of the great early games of the season, actually. And uh, UTSA involved in another thriller last week against Army. I just think this is kind of like, you know, the so-called Super Bowl for Texas San Antonio, and it's a letdown spot for the Texas Longhorns. You know, that's I did take uh, the Longhorns plus twenty-one last week when the when the number got inflated, but. Jimmy, I couldn't agree with what you said. I couldn't agree more with what you said to open the show. If, if Quinn Ewers does not go down with an injury, Texas oh. wins that game. He he was uh, he's good. He was in he's a rhythm, good. man. He yeah. was on fire, and I don't think the Tide were going to stop him. And you know what? There were a couple officiating. I'm going to call them blunders that worked in Bama's favor in that game. But maybe Texas should have won the game anyway. And Steve Sarkissian's got a be a little bit bolder with his uh, decisions, too, in a game like that when you have a chance to knock off the number one team and you're settling for field goals. But I think uh, Texas got to be a little, little bit deflated. Like you said, a lot of people pleased, kind of a moral victory after a one-point loss, and the Longhorns could be a little bit asleep at the wheel this week, and UTSA is going to roll in there looking for an upset. So uh, I, I kind of like that play. I took 14 on the opener, and uh, I, I would still play it. Uh, at less than 14. And I, I might consider a first-half play on uh, Texas San Antonio, too, by the way. So a Hudson card I thought played okay uh, when he came in, and he still gave Texas a chance to win that game. But he was not playing anywhere near the level of Quinn Ewers, who looked great early in that game against that Alabama defense. It's a big drop-off. And say what yeah. you want about Ewers' path and how he pulled the NIL deal, and he's driving his Porsche to the games and things like that. <laughs> he could play. He could play, and he stuck in there, and he made throws under pressure. It wasn't like guys, you know. He, you know, he was he. He could play, and it was a big drop off uh, when they uh, separated uh, his shoulder. So, uh, and look, I've never had a coach, I'm a college coach, never had a college coach, never had a college player tell me you can get sky high every week. You know, every week of the season. So, and that place was on fire for close to four hours in Austin, Texas last week. Let's recap, recap Max picks this week. We got Miami plus the five against AM. Uh, BYU plus the three and a half, Matt. Plus the three and a half. I might take them on the money line just there. there. Auburn plus three at home against Penn State. And Nebraska plus 11 and a half at home against Oklahoma. If Mickey Joseph loses by more than double dig- single digits, we're going to ask for Scott Frost to cover a machine to come back. For Matt Humans of Easton, I'm Jimmy Ott, Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network.